Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, reading through the one-year chronological Bible, and today's reading is for April 17th. David hides in the wilderness, 1 Samuel 23, 13-29. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Keilah and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he did not go there. David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. While David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horish. The Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horish, on the hill of Havilah, south of Jeshimon? Now, your majesty, come down whenever it pleases you to do so, and we will be responsible for giving him into your hands. Saul replied, The Lord bless you for your concern for me. Go and get more information. Find out where David usually goes and who has seen him there. They tell me he's very crafty. Find out about all the hiding places he uses and come back to me with definite information. Then I will go with you. If he's in the area, I will track him down among all the clans of Judah. So they set out and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the desert of Moan, in the Arabah south of Jeshimon. Saul and his men began the search, and when David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the desert of Moan. When Saul heard this, he went into the desert of Moan in pursuit of David. Saul was going along one side of the mountain, and David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul, saying, Come quickly, the Philistines are raiding the land. Then Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to meet the Philistines. That is why they call this place Selah Hamathalekoth. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. Psalm 54, for the director of music, with stringed instruments, a mascal of David, when the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, Is not David hiding among us? Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. People without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me, in your faithfulness destroy them. I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. You have delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. David spares Saul's life, 1 Samuel 24, 1-22. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all of Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unannounced and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Wow. Afterward, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he's the anointed of the Lord. 
With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My lord, the king. When David looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, Why do you listen when men say, David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord because he's the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I'm guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I've not wronged you, but you're hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between me and you. And may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? A dead dog? A flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill off my descendants or wipe off my name from my father's family. So David gave his oath to Saul. Then Saul returned home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. The death of Samuel, 1 Samuel 25, 1a. Now Samuel died and all Israel assembled and mourned for him. And they buried him at his home in Ramah. Nabal angers David. 1 Samuel 25, 1b-22. Then David moved down into the desert of Paran. A certain man in Moan, who had property there in Carmel, was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband was surely surly and mean in his dealings. He was a Calebite. While David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore be favorable toward my men, since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I've slaughtered from my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where? David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. David said to his men, Each of you strap on your sword. So they did, and David strapped on his as well. About 400 men went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. One of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us, and the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day they were a wall around us the whole time we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over. And see what you can do, because disaster's hanging over our master and his whole household. 
He's such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seahs of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and two hundred cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. As she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. David had just said, it's been useless, all my watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness, so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. Abigail intercedes for Nabal. 1 Samuel 25, 23-38 When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, Pardon your servant, my lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my lord, to that wicked man Nabal. He's just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord sent. And now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal. And let this gift, which your servant has brought to my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles, and no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from a pocket of a sling. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord's success, remember your servant. David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him and said, Go home in peace. I have heard your words and granted your request. When Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house hiding, holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk, so she told him nothing at all until daybreak. Then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all the things, and his heart failed him and he became like a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. David marries Abigail, 1 Samuel 25, 39-44. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise be to the Lord who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt. He has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his own head. Then David sent word to Abigail, asking her to become his wife. His servants went to Carmel and said to Abigail, David has sent us to you to take you to become his wife. She bowed down with her face to the ground and said, I am your servant and am ready to serve you and wash the feet of my Lord's servants. Abigail quickly got on a donkey and attended by her five female servants, went with David's messengers and became his wife. David had also married Ahinoam of Jezreel and they both were his wives. But Saul had given his daughter Michael, David's wife, to Paltiel, son of Laish, who was from Galim. And that's the end of the reading for April 17th. 
All right, so we have David hiding in the wilderness. We have David sparing Saul's life in the cave. What an interesting story there. And uh, Saul acts, at least at the time, like, okay, it's fine. I know God has given you the kingdom in the future. So kind of give him the idea that he's not going to come after him. You have Psalm 54 in the midst of that, where David is asking for God to save him. He's praising God giving him offerings. You have just this really quick mention of Samuel dying. So that prophet that was right there with David up until that time was gone. And then you have Nabal <laughs> causing problems. And, and instead of David taking revenge into his hand, Nabal's wife, Abigail, intercedes for Nabal. And eventually then God kills Nabal and David marries Abigail. With all these, you know, details of these stories, what do you take out for application? I, I think, um, well, a couple things that, that I noticed that stuck out to me here. First of all, David, you know, who's running from Saul, Saul wants to kill him. David knows that, that God is going to make him king, but he's not officially king yet, even though he's been anointed by Samuel. And the king is trying to kill him. Uh, David does the honorable thing. And he rebukes his men for wanting him to kill Saul. He had the opportunity and spares his life. And that speaks to me about his character at the time. We know that there will be times of great failure for David. But in this case, um, he recognized right now, this is who God has put in charge. Not me, not yet. And although I have opportunity to kill my enemy, I cannot do it and will not do it. So that, that shows great integrity. It, it shows the way that we are really to treat all of our enemies. And, um, and he also, you know, shows mercy to Nabal when he could have taken whatever he wanted to. And he looks to God for his help. In Psalm 54, 4, it says, Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. And when he talks about him being in the caves and talks about him being in Engedi, I remember being in Israel and going to Engedi and uh, a place where there was this, this spring and kind of this little waterfall and just thinking of David maybe being in that area and having that refreshment in that place uh, from God as he is running for his life. So for me, I, I want to um, ask God for sustaining me and I also want to ask him specifically that, um, that I would show mercy even on those who may not want to show mercy to me, that I would love my enemies and see God's timing to be perfect. Father, I pray that you would help me to cry out to you when I'm in distress or under attack of any kind, that, Father, I would uh, respect your wishes in the lives of others, even those who may rise up as my enemies, that I would uh, love you enough to put them in your hands. And that, Father, I would be patient 
for however you want to use me. Whether you exalt me or lower me, use me any way that you choose and that I might please you. In Jesus' name, amen.